the, uh, the parallel uh, between the, the first reading and the gospel is so clear today. We have the prophet Elisha, um, you know, feeding a hundred people with very, very little food and, uh, you know, demonstrating the power of God through him. And uh, the demonstration of power, of the power of God through him also serves to, if you will, validate his role as a prophet. And so um, the people see this sign, the people then after that talk about this sign, and on and on it goes throughout, throughout all of Israelite history. So then when Jesus comes on the scene, right, he has a similar situation in that there's all these people who need food to eat, and there isn't enough, although it's not a hundred people, it's thousands. And so the Lord takes the you know, the bread and the fish and, and blesses it and is able to feed the multitude. Not only showing his connection as a prophet, that is, he is born into the line of prophets, but also showing that he surpasses all of the prophets, that there is something greater than all of the other prophets here with Jesus that his works are even greater, that his works are even mightier, that the, the plenitude that pours forth from Jesus is, is truly not from this world, and that it emanates from him. It's interesting we see the, of course, clear allusion to the Eucharist as well. You know how God takes what we give him, very modest food, you know, the bread and the wine. It, I mean, it barely tastes like bread. You know, it's just, it's pretty awful bread, actually. I'll give you a story now that I think of it. So um, back at, in seminary, St. Meinrad Arch Abbey, the, um, the monks made their own, have I told this story? Yeah, you probably weren't here anyway if I did. So anyway, they made their own bread and their own wine. And um, the, the bread they made um, had to be thawed out before mass because it was, it was frozen. So we always knew when the sacristan didn't thaw it out in time because it was really, really hard to eat. And uh, sometimes we knew the mixture was bad because it was really, really gooey. And then you get to the wine, which was homemade. And, uh, you know, basically the saying was, it's easier to believe that it's the Eucharist than that it's actually bread and wine. (laughs) That it started out that way because it was so awful. Anyway, so... You get the point. So we, we have very humble food, bread. I mean, it's the, the most humble of food, if you will. And, and God takes that bread and changes it, right, into his very self, Jesus Christ. And he feeds us with his body and blood. He takes these modest things and makes something great. You know, I th- as we extrapolate that, I think about that even in, in the parish, you know, how a parish is able to continue to provide ministry 
especially through the pandemic, you know, um, there's a lot of parishes that, that have struggled. And I, I'm so grateful that we haven't really struggled um, as much um, as far as operations go, you know, in the parish. And I'm, I'm very grateful for all of your support and, of course, all of those watching from home because it's something we do together, right? It's something we do together to, to ensure that our parish moves forward, not just with financial giving, but also with ministry, with prayer, with mutual support. You know, the little bit that each one of us is able to do contributes to the whole, and God makes something great from that. God makes this great parish because of the little bit that each one of us can contribute. And sometimes we think, well, gosh, you know, what am I contributing? Then I don't just mean financial. I just mean, you know, my presence or my prayers or my ministry. And there's so many people involved in different ministries, taking communion to the sick, going and visiting the homebound, you know, the people who greet us at the doors, the people who prepare for Mass, the people who lecture, uh, the people who serve, the people who turn on the fire alarm in the middle of Mass. So, um, you know, there, there's, there's people who contribute in many, many different ways, and it seems perhaps, you know, my little ministry isn't, isn't that much, but in fact, God takes all of that puts it together, and makes something great from it. It's interesting if we, if we even look at our, our lives and how we contribute to the good of, of society. You know, we think maybe small things we do for one another aren't that big of a deal. You know, things like, you know, saying thank you, things like saying please, things like opening a door, things like you know, smiling to that grumpy person when, you know, it's possible that that might actually make their day. I mean, all these little things that we might do. And it makes a big difference a lot of times in people's lives. Um, and then the last thing I guess I would like to point out is this, that it's not uncommon for people to you know, think, you know, what am I or who am I before God? I'm so insignificant. Um, I'm so small in comparison to the greatness of God. Or, you know, perhaps we go, we go throughout our lives and, and every single person has problems. Everybody has problems. You know, everybody has issues. Everybody has, has struggles. And we wonder, well, what can God do with this? I mean, I, I wish he would do something, but what can he do with this? And how can I, in my weakness, allow him to come into that, to, to help me, to strengthen me? And it seems rather clear that God really, really likes to make something great from something small. I think of uh, so many saints, but particularly St. Therese, the little flower. This really little girl, very, very young woman, who God brought and made a doctor of the church, a doctor of theology of the church. And there's so many examples like that, of how God takes someone who wouldn't seem to be that amazing, even in their own estimation, and makes of them something great.
But the truth is that this is what God desires to do with every single one of us. Now, if you think you're already great, there may not be a lot he can do, right? Not a lot of access. But when we're humble and we, we look at our lives and we can see, gosh, I really lack in so many ways. I really have so many deficits or whatever it is, and everyone does. And when we can be honest about that, and then when we can invite God in, he can do something great with us. That's what he just loves to do that, especially through tribulation. We have the suffering and and difficulty in our lives, and God desires to actually take that and transform it into something we never expected. It's a difficult process. It's often painful. But God desires to do something great in every single one of us. Please stand.